RadioInfluence.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Live Bold and Boss Up. We're getting really close to holidays and Christmas. And this week, we have Entrepreneurship College Edition with Lainey Rodriguez. She is 21 years old and has her own baking company called The Baking Bug. She just created it in 2020, right? Yes, just now. Pretty recently. And she is amazing at baking all of these yummy goods from ice cream to brownies to cookies to cakes. Pies, macaroons. Amazing. And we're going to talk to you today about just like, how did you, what, what made you think of this opportunity? How to, how to become an entrepreneur, right? When you're like in the middle of college, you know, age doesn't matter, right? You can be an entrepreneur at any age. So we're really excited to have you on the show. Thanks. I'm very excited to be here. This is going to be very fun for me. <laughs> yeah. And no, we're super excited to have you here. So I want to know my first question because I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I wish I would have done something like this, like earlier on in life. Um, because sometimes you feel like you're like too old to, to do stuff. Um, but you're never too old, but like, I love how you got started early. Like what made you want to start a company like your senior year in college? And like, how did you get the idea? So I originally went into the university of Alabama as an exercise science major with a minor in nutrition. And I always thought I wanted to kind of be a personal trainer until about halfway through college. I kind of decided I liked more of the nutrition route. So I started taking more nutrition classes and just baking all the time. And I baked my entire life, cooked with my grandparents every single weekend, um, always made dinner. My mom made dinner every single night. So I always had cooking and baking around me. Um, But once I decided to get serious about it um, and kind of think of it as maybe a career path in my free time, I just started uh, tweaking recipes I found online. I'd say, oh, I don't like this. And this is what I don't like about it. And I looked up online why that would happen, like the chemistry behind it and things of that nature. And so once I kind of figured that out, I was like, oh, I can actually really manipulate these recipes, the texture, the taste to not only like what I liked, but to like what my friends and family like and to um, different holiday themes. And so I really started playing around with recipes and kind of decided that that was something I wanted to continue doing and start to take seriously um, and mix kind of my artistic abilities. I've always been like a painter and a drawer with my love of food and kind of put the two together to make beautiful pastries and cakes and desserts that everyone can enjoy. I love that. I had no idea that it, there was a huge chemistry piece behind it, right? Like yeah, it's like a science. Yeah. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. It's, That's actually the reason that I kind of gravitate more towards like baking and pastries rather than like cooking something on a stovetop of meat because there is that chemistry um, and like methodology of it where if you're mixing um, macaroons is a perfect example or a cheesecake. If you overmix it, even the slightest bit, it can fall. Your cheesecake will deflate in the middle. It'll have to crack in the middle. Um, Your macaroons will crack. If you don't let your macaroons sit long enough to get a shiny film on the top, they won't rise. And just little things like that, where if you mix instead of stir or you whip instead of mix, 
or <laughs> you don't get the candy temperature to 170 degrees instead of 160, it can completely change the outcome of what you're doing. So that challenging aspect of it and like the chemistry of why you need gluten in a recipe if you want it to rise with yeast, why if it doesn't have gluten in it, you need to use baking soda, baking powder, a different um, rising agent to make it work that I think is the funnest part about baking just because there's there's a lot of room for human error in it. Wow. wow. I think I want to like come over and bake with you sometime because you would like, I just like throw the ingredients together and like stir oh, yeah. it. Yeah. 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 I have no idea, but yeah, it's crazy. Like how much science actually really goes into it. Like, oh yeah. It's, it's like a, an exact science. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, and it's funny too, just because as I've been watching more and more cooking videos online, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Wow. Like, I never even thought to do that or to use that tip, like for freezing bags of uh, raw meat. If you like dunk them in water, it's like a homemade vacuum seal mm, right. and you zip the top and the water actually pushes all the air out. And just like you can put your icing in, if you make homemade icing, put it in a Ziploc baggie and then just cut one of the corners mm. and it's like a perfect icing bag if you yeah. don't have any and just right. little tips like that, that like. I've learned from other people along the way, like freezing your cakes in between every single layer when you layer them so that it doesn't get wobbly or your cake doesn't get too heavy on one side and get uh, like the leaning tower of pizza. Kind of thing. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it's definitely fun. And it's definitely a, uh, every single time you mess something up, you're like, okay, that wasn't the way to do it. Right. 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 Well, that's awesome though, because we always talk about on this podcast, just how you've learned from failures or how you're just continuing to get better. And that's a perfect example. Like you're learning mm -hmm. firsthand, you know, what, what you're doing may be wrong or incorrect and how to improve it many times. Right? Yeah. So you're perfecting it each time. Oh yeah. And I think the first time, because the first menu I put out and was Thanksgiving, actually, like people had always been saying, commenting on my post, wow, you should sell stuff. Like, what's your recipe? Like, I would love to get something from you. And actually my boyfriend and my best friend were like, just go for it. Like, yeah. like say, screw it. Like, even if you only get like two or three orders, at least that's like good practice and right. you'll know what to expect. You'll make a little bit of money. You'll have fun doing it. And, um, actually I had to stop taking orders cause I got so many orders and that kind of gave me a lot of encouragement just because I never really thought anyone even would even order in the first place. And then I was like, okay, like, it's not just like my family and my best friends saying like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. Like other people kind of want it too. Um, so that definitely, I think, gave me the confidence to like stay on this track and challenge myself more and try to make crazier, more fun recipes than I did before and try to um, do something that's unique that like no one else has done yet. So, right. That, I mean, that, I think that's awesome. Um, I know Steph and I are ordering for the holiday. You had, so you had a fall menu. Yes. You now have a holiday menu, um, which everyone can, all the listeners can get in on. Um, yes, you can still order. Um, I can, we'll link it at the bottom of the podcast, but, um, I do text, uh, orders, or you can also go on the baking bug. Um, at Instagram or the baking bug at gmail.com to place orders. I'm also on Facebook at the same name. Um, right now you can pretty much reach me anywhere uh, to place an order and I'll respond to you. Um, but yeah, we have a good, 
I'd say we have a good spread for the holiday menu. I did ice creams this year, cookie boxes, pies, and peppermint cheesecakes. So, um, one of the ice creams is actually boozy. It's an eggnog ice cream that has a little bit of alcohol into it. I get that one. Yes. <laughs> so it's getting that one. So, um, and then the peppermint one is great for kids. Uh, all of my ice creams, I do a homemade custard base. Um, it's like eight egg yolks and a quart of ice cream. Uh, it's slow cooked on the stove for 30 minutes and then it's poured through a sieve. Room- Cool to room temperature, then refrigerated, then slow churned. It's wow, everything amazing. is handmade. Like I'm homemade, uh, the vanilla extract for all the recipes wow. I use. I use vanilla bean and like high quality vodka and make that months in, in advance. If I make a pumpkin pie, I roast the pumpkin myself and use homemade pumpkin puree. Like everything, there's no artificial flavors, no artificial colors. All the pie crusts are handmade. Wow. Everything. I don't buy anything pre-done at all. That's great. I'm excited for you. Yeah, I am too. Um, How did you come up with like all the ideas that you have on your um, menu? Are they things that you've always liked to make or always liked to eat or were they requests? So a lot of the things that I make are actually family recipes. Like my pumpkin pie recipe that was on my fall menu. That's my grandma Teresa's recipe that she's probably been in our family for at least 80 years um, that I just added one ingredient to and it's a spice. And that's like what I use for my go-to. And then there are some recipes like my ice cream recipe where uh, that's like five months of me trying different recipes online, like seven, eight, nine different recipes and like writing down in my little cooking journal, what I liked about each one. And then going back and saying, okay, what did I notice about the consistency of ice creams that had similar ingredient bases? And I just kind of decided that a custard base was always the best way to go for an ice cream. Totally kicked uh, purely milk-based ice creams out of the park. Decided just to focus on the egg-based ones. And then I spent another few weeks making batch after batch, tasting it, deciding what I did like, what I didn't like, what I thought could be better, if it could be more creamy, if it was too icy, and just kind of being meticulous being a perfectionist about like I want this to be good and I'm not comfortable putting out this recipe until I'm ready to say like yes I made that a hundred percent I'm the one that's taking responsibility for this (laughs) recipe you know like I never want to put out anything bad and I think that's a huge aspect of why I'm so meticulous and such a perfectionist is like that aspect of I am so young I didn't go to culinary school this is just something that my mom and my grandma taught me and I've been like watching techniques online and paying for cooking classes online and just trial and error, things like that. And I'm so young. I don't have that um, 20 years of experience like some people do. So I think I don't want to say the fear behind not wanting to mess up, but that like I'm striving for for perfection because everyone that buys something from me, I want them to say, yeah, that's awesome. And I'm going to come back. I don't want to disappoint anyone. I want to be mm-hmm. consistent have everything come out great. So, right. So, so people can still order your holiday from your holiday. Oh yeah. Through yeah. Jan- like mid January, mid January. Right? Yeah. And then you're going to go back to school, but then you still, you're going to have a summer menu yes. Yes. and a fall and yes. holiday kind of do that. Yes. Over again. I'll be okay. back for Easter. Um, so I'm going to do like a cute little Easter menu. Um, um, that has like little cake pops and um, meringue Easter eggs and just cute little things like that. So I will have an Easter menu 
lots of um, lemon tarts, carrot cakes, very springy and summery stuff. And then actually in the summer in August, I'll be back in Tampa for good. Um, Bacon Bug will be home-based in Tampa and I'll start doing catering orders year-round. Um, a lot of the fun recipes that I post on my Instagram, actually, I have jalapeno popper dips and uh, pumpkin spice bread puddings that I use Dunkin' Donuts limited edition pumpkin donuts for and just fun recipes like that that I post on my um, Instagram also that I would love to start like selling seriously and getting more into like getting those recipes down and expanding, I think, a little more from just the whole pies, baking, desserts thing, and maybe into doing fun appetizers because that's like my favorite part of baking and cooking is the creativity behind it, like putting together flavors or making something in a form that it's never been made before. Like I've been working on a recipe that um, I actually made homemade garlic knots and I had so many extra that I was like, I should try to make like a savory bread pudding out of this because mm. no one's ever made a savory bread pudding. And so I made like a savory garlic knot bread pudding on the bottom. And then I actually put like three layers of homemade lasagna on top mm. that I made with my homemade pasta recipe, homemade meat sauce recipe, roasted the tomatoes myself, everything. Mm. And just fun things that I love to do like that. And it's literally like this lasagna casserole that has like a garlic knot bread pudding on the bottom and then fresh made lasagna on top. Yeah. Just like fun recipes like that, that like I really just make for me and my boyfriend for dinner, but it's something I love doing that. I love putting the two together, making something in a form you've never seen it, putting flavors together of a method that people have never seen before. Just like doing all the crazy stuff is the funnest part to me. If wow. you're not hungry now, I don't know. If <laughs> hungry. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it does. So that was going to be kind of um, my next question is obviously, you know, from the sounds of it, you're not just going to stay into baking like sweets. You want to get into kind of doing a little bit of everything. Yeah. I'm not, I don't or... want to say a little bit of everything, but I think definitely within the next few years, just focusing on the baking, the pastries, um, the meringues, like bonbons, eclairs, all those fun mm-hmm. type of uh, like patisseau, pastries, baklava, things that are very hard to make, croissants, and just perfecting my skills in that and expanding my baking recipe. But I um, definitely think even if it's just for a hobby, I want to stay doing like the fun, crazy cooking recipes, the um, fried chicken, things like that that are just fun and then maybe just posting those for other people to just try and enjoy rather than making it like something as I do as a career. Right. I don't know. I'm not sure yet. It's a passion. So you're yeah. just following that passion and you know, the, the pictures that you post online, I mean, these desserts and treats are legit. I mean, they're, they, they're amazing. They look amazing. I actually spent, I was on the phone with my mom a few nights ago and she was like, are you doing anything fun tonight? And I was like, no, all my friends are going out to the bar, but I'm staying practicing <laughs> my icing skills. Nice. <laughs> I got a new set of like icing tips. My mom and dad got me as an early Christmas present. And there's this method of laying icing where it looks like it's a braid. And so you can put a oh, lot of them yeah. next to each other. And it looks like a knitted cool. sweater. And it's like a winter cake decorating technique called a sweater cake. And I was just practicing my technique for that, just staying home. So, um, <laughs> It's a lot of time commitment, but it's definitely something that like 
that's my version of fun. Like right. I was having a great time. Uh, and it, it really pays off when you like spend six hours decorating a cake and then you see the final result after you've made like literally everything on the cake, like a, the spice cake I made. Um, with the gingerbread cookies yeah, on so, top? Yeah, I made the gingerbread Amazing. cookies. I made the um, homemade candied oranges, like everything. I made the cream cheese frosting. I made the caramel drip on it. Mm. I made the caramel filling. Like I made everything on the cake. So to spend like six hours baking like seven different things and then stacking the cakes, making sure they're frosted perfectly, making sure that they're not lopsided, that the layers are cut evenly and then like, being able to see your results so quickly, like the instant gratification of like, wow, I made this beautiful cake and now I get to eat it. Like, this is so awesome. Is It's, it's a big, it's a good motivator, I think. So my question is, is like, after you make it, do you like eat it right then? Like, what do you do with it? Honestly, <laughs> I have, I actually live in the same apartment complex as like, eight of my friends. So that's a good thing. So usually I'll just text and I'll be like, Hey, does anyone want to come get food? Um, literally just tell me your opinions and let me know how it is. And that's how like, I do a lot of my trial and error with cooking is like, I'll invite my friends over. They'll all like eat some, have a piece of cake, have a cookie, whatever. And they'll say, Oh, I like this. Oh, I don't like this. I do like this. It's too salty here. Maybe you could add in this vegetable, whatever. And we all just kind of just, like spitball ideas and they'll tell me like what they think is good, but I actually do not eat a lot of what I make. I'll eat like two or three bites and then I just give it to my boyfriend mostly. And I'm like, here you go. <laughs> like you can eat it. Cause I'm not big on sweets actually. That's funny. I'm more like like the beautiful aspect of it. Right, the right. methodology, like the art of it. Right. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask, cause you're, you're very fit. Like yeah. how do you stay fit? And yeah, so- yeah, I really don't eat a lot of sweets. Like I, I do try them because they're delicious, but I'm one of those people where like I'll eat two bites and then I'm like, all right, I can't eat too much of this sugar. because it's yeah. just too much sugar. Like one of the things in my Christmas cookie box are peanut butter black eyes. Um, and if you don't know what that is, it's just peanut butter, confectioner sugar and vanilla extract uh, mixed with butter and um, then covered in chocolate. And they taste like peanut butter chocolate truffles. And they're amazing, but I can, I can't even eat half one. And it's like a <laughs> tablespoon right. is how big they are. Um, but I've actually been into a lot lately. And what I have been eating a lot of is I've been making homemade, um, like chocolate bars and chocolate candies just cause I'll dip chocolates in icing and, or in white chocolate, things like that. And then I'll have so much extra chocolate left over. So I'll just like spray them in a, or slap them in a silicone mold squirt some caramel, mm. like of my homemade caramel in them, and then just put like dark chocolate back on top. And those, I have oh, like a jar. I want to try like, those. This yes. And I'll just like walk in my kitchen every time I get home and grab like them <laughs> and eat them. And those have been like my weakness lately. Yes. Those sound amazing. It's just simple. Chocolate and caramel. Yeah. And the caramel oh. recipe is so good. And so that's really what makes it is the caramel. Yeah. Yeah. And you put like sea salt in it, like the yeah, sea salt it's, yeah, it's a salted caramel. It's mm-hmm. lightly salted caramel. I wouldn't go so far as to say it's, it's a salted caramel yeah. because I don't like when you bite into caramel and it actually tastes salty. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say it's one step below a salted caramel. Okay. So could you make if someone wanted something like completely organic, could you go that route and make it make yeah, it organic yeah. for them? That's actually the benefit um, of my nutrition degree is like, I'll 
in the spring, I'll graduate with um, a minor in nutrition. And so that's kind of awesome just because I've taken so many classes on food substitutes, eating for people that have allergies, different fad diets and like the actual um, health benefits of them or if they're not healthy, um, food substitutes, uh, meal planning, uh, weight loss for people who are diabetic. Just like I have this like plethora of information in my mind on how to like be a healthy person and eat healthily. And even though it doesn't look like it from what I bake, because I prefer to do things like with the full fat, heavy cream butter, like the way that they're supposed to be made, like I can make pretty much any dessert you want. Um, no sugar added, gluten free, vegan, um, paleo, if that's what you're into, uh, whatever people want, I pretty much can do it, um, with enough time in advance just to make sure I can make a mini version of it once before, just to make sure that it tastes right and things like that. But, um, for the fall menu, I actually made a few no sugar added apple pies. And so those were really fun. Um, I just used uh, fresh pressed sweet, uh, fresh pressed peach juice that I, um, had from peaches in the kitchen and then just sliced apples. And that's the mm. only sugar that's in the entire pie. Wow. Um, and just using different types of flour to sub in, you can make something gluten-free. It's pretty easy. So, wow. So, um, where do you see yourself in five years? Do you see yourself having a like little bakery? What do you envision? I think I see myself, I don't know if anyone who's listening knows what Kalupas was, but like Kalupas was this tiny little bakery where actually dad's dough is now. Um, love Kalupas. That's always been since I was a kid. My mom used to take me and my sister to Kalupas after school and that we didn't want ice cream anywhere. Like we didn't want to go to, um, get candy at the gas station. It was always, we wanted donuts from Kalupas or a cookie from Kalupas or a cupcake from Kalupas. And I remember walking into Kalupas and they had these amazing like alligator shaped breads. And she literally would shape the dough to look like alligators and during Easter time, like chicks and things like that. And it was like this brioche, like holla types of breads and they tasted amazing. And I always just remember walking in as a kid and being in awe at like the tarts and everything that they had and the donuts. And so I think that's, that's the, that's what I want to be doing in five years is hopefully with my mom as kind of have a little Kalupa style bakery where people, I don't want it to be just desserts. Like I want people to be able to come in in the morning and say like, Oh, I'm getting my fresh bread for the week. Right. And people get like a nice baguette or a loaf of hollow bread. I love making hollow bread or, um, get like some muffins or some, like if you're making a charcuterie board, I'll have little bags of like Christine's and things like that, that I've made from homemade bread and just kind of have it be a well-rounded bakery. I love it. I could just totally picture all of that, what you said and like mm -hmm. walking in it, feeling so warm and homey yes. and inviting. And because there's lots of very cool, uh, fad bakeries in Tampa that do like the rainbow donuts and the crazy decorated milkshakes and stuff like that. But like, I think I gravitate a lot more towards the classics. Like my go-to cookbook for anything is the Fanny Farmer, which was originally put out. And I think the late 1800s or the early 1900s, but it's like 
the most basic recipes ever. Just like the standard, like no crazy flavorings, like how people made the recipes like a hundred years ago when they created the recipe because they were starving, like chicken pot pies, like biscuits and gravy, things like that, that are very cheap dishes that people have now put all these crazy spins on. But for me, I'm just like the classic, like a hundred year old, like the reason it's still around is because people like the original way. Like I like to like just slightly modify those, those original, very classic recipes instead of, um, trying to make my donuts amazing because they're rainbow. Like I want to make them amazing because I use an a hundred year old method. I made sure to let them rise properly. I put high quality ingredients like homemade seasonings, like rosemary that me and my boyfriend got from our rosemary bush on our balcony that we then pulled off and dried, let it hung it up and let it dry. And like, that's what I used to cook. It's like the dried rosemary I made and just things like that. I love putting time and effort into like quality of ingredients and making sure everything it not only tastes good, but is high quality and wasn't uh, unnecessarily processed or Mm -hmm. pumped with preservatives or anything like that. Right. No, I love that. I feel like, you know, I, I want to take lessons from you or like come bake with you or something. I know. <laughs> I know. Really we're having you come to the office on Friday. Yes, right? I will be here Friday to do yeah. cookie yeah. decorating. I actually did a cookie decorating class yesterday. Oh. My first one with between six to 12-year-olds. And it was oh, very how fun. Oh, It was very fun. Yes, they were very good at rolling out the dough <laughs> oh. cutting out their cookies. And then there were some master decorators in the room. So it was really cool. fun. Very nice. Yes. Well, how about, um, I know some of our listeners probably want to order right from you. Um, so I know. (laughs) So if you guys are ordering from the baking bug, uh, make sure to mention live bold and boss up or LBBU or LBBU or discount. We'll get you the contact info, but do you want to just like say it really quick? You can text me at 813-205-3780. Or you can email at thebakingbug at gmail.com. And the baking bug, it's two G's with bug at the end. Um, you can also DM me on Instagram. It's also the baking bug with two G's on the bug. Or I have Facebook, the baking bug also with two G's. And I am on Pinterest at the baking bug if you are just looking for uh, artistic inspiration or um, a recipe that I have posted. That was smart, putting it on Pinterest. Oh, yeah. I'm on Pinterest. I'm trying to be on everything. You should be able to find me on any social media platform you are on. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you, Lainey, for joining us. That was so awesome. I can't wait to try the ice cream. I know. Yes, I'm very excited. And the cookie decorating. So definitely reach out. Mention the bold boss up if you want. Um... A little discount. Yes. And just to, I mean, just to try them. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. And um, thank you to Next Path for yes, all thank you your support and hosting me. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. And have a Merry Christmas, guys. We might not see or talk to you guys until then, but um, live bold and boss up, and we'll be excited to come in for our second season next year. See you next season. Woohoo! See you next year.
This is an In the Trenches with Ian Beckles Quick Fix on Radio Influence. For those of you that are Buccaneer fans that watch that game, you're probably as confused as I am. Like, anybody that watched that game literally looked, we looked like a bad Mac team in the first half. And the second half, we looked like Alabama. I, I don't know why it happens. I don't know how it happens. Did I learn anything more about our team? No, it's really weird. Like two weeks in a row, we came out with victories, but I still come out of that game thinking the same thing of the Bucks. I just don't know what the hell they are. I just, I don't even know if they know what the hell they are. You know, there's parts of that Minnesota game and there's parts of that Atlanta game that makes me think maybe they are starting to put it together. In the second half, they looked brilliant offensively. Actually, defensively, they did as well. Is it possible for them to put that together? Because when you watch that half, Oh, that's going to scare a lot of teams. That that team on that field will scare a lot of teams. In the Trenches with Ian Beckles can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.